0: There's a bit happening around Rugby League at the moment. Michael Kariannis from the Daily Telegraph and part of our SEN team, uh, who hosted breakfast over summer on 1170 SEN Sydney, is with us right now on the Sporting Capital. Evening, Michael. How's things? I'm well, Jordan. How are you? Good, good. Kept well over the off-season? Kept busy?
1: Yeah, yeah. It wasn't too bad. Um, Yeah, a bit of bit of radio, a bit of my newspaper work, and no, it
0: was good. <laughs> excellent, excellent. There's been a bit of news happening around the, uh, the NRL world right ahead of the start of the season in about a week, a uh, week and a half from now. Starting off with the, um, the, the Melbourne story from today, the Melbourne Storm, new captain, Christian Welsh, the, uh, the prop forward who's been um, a representative with the, uh, with the Queensland State of Origin team, great player. Was it the appointment that uh, you think was the right decision for the Melbourne Storm to make him captain?
1: Oh, yes, yeah, definitely the right decision is such a statesman of the game. I think the only concern would have been um, on a personal front for Christian, who's coming off the back of an ACL last year that ended his season. So, um, you know, his attention potentially, you know, had to well, he's going to definitely be on, on making sure that he's 100% and doing what he can um, on a personal front. And, uh, and then the leadership will flow after that. He's a natural leader. He's a leader in the game now. And it's a natural progression for a only reservation would have been just regarding the fact that he's coming back from a, a serious injury, which is hard enough, let alone um, when you're a first-time captain.
0: Would, would there have been really any, um, any uh, I guess, sort of tough decision-making about this captaincy call with the likes of Cam Munster there, Ryan Pappenhausen, uh, Jerome Hughes, all among the, the, uh, the leadership group?
1: Yeah, Harry Grant's the, the other one as well. Jerome Hughes, Cam Munster. Uh, they, they're all part of the leadership group. And, um, you know, out, out of those guys, you think maybe Jerome, you know, Ryan, Ryan's dealing with a, a serious injury uh, as well. Otherwise, you think that he would have definitely come into calculations in, in terms of, of Munster. he's you know had a little bit of um is rough around the edges a little bit cam and you know he's great on the field but whether all that extra responsibility and commitments would suit his style of, of person I'm not sure and and Harry's probably you know potentially the next next captain I'd say he's he's probably going to be the the next long-term skipper of the Storm you know he made his Queensland and Australian debut last year the best hooker in the game and you know has a long long future ahead of him
0: how is the the injury with Brian Pappenhausen going because it was a kneecap injury in the middle of last year, ne- almost nearing finals time, and and there's still uh, very sort of ambiguous reports about when he will return. There's no real set timeline because it is just one of those really tough injuries.
1: Yeah, he's still not clear. And and he said I spoke to him um, after Christmas, after he returned from from the US because he he um, uh, went over there and and dealt with a, a rehab guru in Philadelphia. And he said, look, I'm I'm not putting a, a time frame on it. Loosely, um, it's been reported that it's around round eight. So that's at least two months of of the competition. But, um, you know, whether he's able to fast track that or, you know, they they, they play the longer game with him, that he won't return until he's 100% fit because he's too much of a precious commodity. And uh, we we know how devastating he can be. So um, I don't know exactly when he'll be back, but loosely a rough guide is around round eight.
0: This season, there's a slight belief that this might be Craig Bellamy's last season coaching the Melbourne Storm. I feel like we've said that before and he's, and he's ah, stayed on. Um, yeah. But but this time, you know, you only get older. Uh, unfortunately, that's the reality for all of us. Do you see him being in the role with the Melbourne Storm? How likely is it that he continues beyond 2023? Uh, I've
1: given up trying to guess what um, Craig <laughs> Bellamy's going to do. As you said, it, it, it rolls around every year. And the way his current contract, that enables him to do that, it's a a year-on-year sort of open-ended deal where he can um, make a decision um, before the midway point of the competition regarding his future. So, um, you know, it's interesting because, it, it, you know, they've still got a fairly good side. They've lost a lot of experience out of that, that Melbourne lineup, but um, there's still a, a lot of talent there. And, and so the, the side is, is locked in long-term as well. So, um you know, if Craig wants to keep going and has got the drive, he'll have that job for for as long as he wants, deservedly so. But uh, yeah, I'm not exact. I, I'm not going to preempt what Craig may or may not do.
0: Is this, um, yeah, what have the, the Melbourne Storm lost? Because there has been quite a a shift, I guess, with, with the captaincy announcement today, I guess it sort of reflects on how many leaders they did lose over the off season, the, the Bromwich brothers, uh, Felice Cafusi I think went, and, and then there was a handful of others. So, is this now a slight sort of generational shift, I guess, in the Melbourne Storm makeup?
1: Yeah, Brendan Smith, the other big name that that left as well. So you know, but a lot of experience out that door. Kafusi and the two Bromwiches have been, you know, long term two hundred plus gamers uh, for for the Melbourne Storm, and you know, eventually they'll they'll be life members of the club. I don't think there's a doubt about that, given their service. You know, their decades. You know, more than a decade each of service to the club. So. But when when you look at them, their best football is behind them. So I can understand um, both parties are agreeing to opt for um, greener pastures in terms of the players you get a longer term deal, more money uh, at the New Dolphins. The three of them are, are together while Brandon Smith at the Roosters. That's the one that's going to hurt him the most. He still has a lot of good football ahead of him. You know, he still got six, seven, eight, nine years ahead of him, Brandon Smith. And so that one's going to hurt. But when you've got the best hooker in the game of, of Harry Grant wearing the number nine jersey, it's a bit hard to argue with what the Storm have done.
0: Uh, the NRL-CBA uh, agreement at the moment. So this is uh, what's taking up a lot of the, the, the energy, I suppose, of the NRL and the and the Rugby League Players Association, and it's uh, getting extensive coverage um, up there in, uh, in New South Wales and Queensland right now. So to bring our Victorian audience up to speed, Michael, what is the current deal around the CBA, and why is there a bit of an impasse at the moment between the players and the league?
1: Well, I think we're getting closer. I think that's all. um, I think that's the indication of of the last couple of days and both parties are hopeful potentially of of having a deal done by the end of the week. And, you know, the NRL CBA expired in November and they still don't have one. So it is a bit strange. It is a bit bizarre. It's got definitely heated at times. There's been, you know, boycotts around uh, media commitments by the players or some suggestions they'd, you know, appear late for for trial games, which would throw, um, you know, the television audience into a. A, a bit of turmoil. Uh, the NRL season launch, which was due to be held um, tomorrow, has been cancelled uh, because players had intimated that they were going to boycott it and also um, sort of made that decision to avoid any you know, last-minute embarrassment or for, further hostilities as they edge towards a, a deal. So, um, you know, there, there's lots of things that have been arguing back and forth. The players are adamant and have made it quite clear it's, it's not about money, it's about other um, things in, in the game like controlling, you know, finances in terms of, you know, the the players' post-career and their medical and hardships and uh, some education and the like. So there's a lot that goes into a CBA. The sexy one for all of us is obviously the salary cap and how much they all get paid. But the players are adamant that that's such a, a less issue to, to them at the moment rather than some of the other things.
0: It's part of that, um, that, that uh, the, the agreements is – the NRLW as well. I read.
1: Yeah, well, the NRLW's has just been signed, so that's been agreed to. I think earlier this week, so that's all sorted now. So uh, they finally agreed to um, you know basic rights and minimum wage and you know contract structures and the like for, for the NRLW. But that was a huge sticking point. But um, they've managed to um, get that all sorted now, and it's over to the other stuff.
0: Are the two are the CBAs uh, separate between the men's and the women's players, or is it a combined CBA?
1: No, separate, definitely separate. um, And and they need to be. The the men's game is is vastly different and and their needs are vastly different to what the women's want. You know, one of the the sticking points for the women's was a pregnancy policy and and the like. So there's lots of issues that are strictly women only and uh, lots of issues that the the men face in terms of, you know, length of season and how long they're supposed to train for and what their commitments are and, and, and stuff like that where, um, you know, the women aren't expected to have the same level of commitment as as the men for, you know, 12 months of the year.
0: Are rugby league fans taking to, to the women's competition? I see this year they've expanded again, the NRLW. Has it been uh, something that, that league fans have latched onto?
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely. It, it, it's growing and, and the support um, is growing for it as well. It's obviously a, a growth area in the game and one that the, the game has identified. I like the way the, the NRL ha- has taken a... The approach, they haven't rushed in and just expanded um, straight away. You know, They had four teams for a couple of years as well, so um, they're just growing that um, slowly and eventually, you know, we'll see a, a full schedule like we do with the men.
0: And with the men, so no, no boycott for, the, for round one after all this?
1: I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine the players after sweating it out for three months or, you know, it, grueling, pre- they want to play. So the fact that Um, it's even mentioned you know they might boycott other things like they have in the NRL's official advertisement and um, you know the season launch and uh, other parameters around the game but I can't see them not taken to the field in round one
0: and one of the uh, one of the points of interest this season of course uh, in the NRL is the expansion of we talk about the expansion of the women's but the expansion of the men's with the Dolphins team coming in uh, this season coached by Wayne Bennett Jesse Bromwich we just spoke about before ex-Melbourne Storm player he's the captain um, what are we expecting from the Dolphins this season? Do you reckon it's always hard to be competitive right from the start? But when you've got Wayne Bennett in charge and you've got a couple of uh, pretty, you know, decent players uh, like the Bromwich brothers, and I see uh, Tabuai Fidels in the squad as well. There's some recognisable names in there. So we, are we expecting the Dolphins to, to to notch a few wins this season?
1: It's going to be hard. It's going to be, uh, like I see them towards the bottom of uh, the ladder. I can't see them pushing for the top eight at all, I think it's, it's going to be a struggle for them. They're just lacking that star quality and, and they missed out on, you know, we mentioned Brandon Smith. He was one player that they thought they had, but they missed out on him. So, um, you know, they're really, really lacking that that X factor. Um, you know, they went for Munster and Hughes and Ponger and the list goes on. And, you know, they've built a good squad. They're just missing two really good, you know, superstars that can win games for them.
0: Uh, I read uh, news today that the St. George Illawarra Dragons could be uh, already talking about or talking to potential prospects to be their head coach. Now, they've already got a head coach in place in Anthony Griffin. We're a week or a week and a half away from the start of the new season. It's not – it probably wouldn't be all that reassuring, is it, for uh, poor old Anthony Griffin, the coach of the Dragons, that the board are already looking at uh, at new prospects to take over his position?
1: I think he knows where he stands and, you know, he'll be judged – very closely on, on the start of the year. If they start poorly, you know, I don't think Anthony Griffin sees out the season, but, you know, speaking to people in and around the club, they were surprised by their charity shield performance. They thought they were in a, a better spot and, you know, they've got the round one bye, which isn't ideal generally, but um, because of um, their poor charity shield, it gives them a couple of weeks now to um, to, to get things right. And they're going to need to, if the coach has any chance of, of staying there long term.
0: If that's the case, though, so if there's if there already if there already has been this uh, discussion about his future, you know his his win loss record hasn't been great really at the Dragons, and and not really at the clubs he's been at prior either. Plus, there's been some off field controversies at the Dragons. Why wouldn't they have just cut the court earlier and and go in with the new coach from the start of the season rather than you, you almost? I mean, yeah, okay, you're giving him a chance this season, but if not, then oh. you've pretty much just written off your 2023.
1: Yeah, there's lots of things to, to play out in that. The Dragons aren't a side that traditionally sack coaches. They don't like doing it. They like to give the coach every opportunity and we've seen you know, how that's played out in the past for them before but um, they, they gave Anthony Griffin a 12 month extension last year and um, they're going to stick to it. I think he deserves to start the year but you know, you don't know who you know who they're looking at in terms of, well, are they able to get out of their current deal as well? Can they start straight away? You're better off just keeping Anthony Griffin in there if you think you're going to go elsewhere and, and you can't get your guy to 2024. Why blow up the joint yet? You know what I mean? Mm. So there are there's lots of um, things to to play out before it gets to that point.
0: Michael, it's been a pleasure chatting to you tonight. Uh, thank you for, uh, for sharing some of your time with us and we look forward to hearing uh, more of you on uh, 1170 SEN Sydney. Thank you, mate.
1: Any time, thank you.